Hey, beautiful people. My name is Amber Noel, and this is A Nanny's Life. This podcast is dedicated to highlighting the full experience of career caregivers both on and off the clock. So welcome to the potty, friend. Make yourself at home. beautiful people. I'm Amber Noel and this is A Nanny's Life. Thank you for coming back for another episode. So you guys know we have been doing this Nanny Life Abroad series and I'm so excited today to be able to talk to a gem from across the pond. So you guys give a warm welcome to LaToya, also known as Nanny Toto on Instagram. Hey! (laughs) Hello! Hi! Thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course! I'm so excited to talk to to you I think growing up the idea of a nanny was British to me from jump I don't know why maybe it was Mary Poppins I don't know um, <laughs> but I can't wait to talk about some of the differences between nanny life over there and um, a lot of your experiences so first off Latoya how long have you been in the childcare industry Ooh, I think I've been in the childcare industry for about, I think it's like 14 years now. Um, so yeah, so quite a long time. It doesn't feel like that long. Like to me, it feels like, like just yesterday, like I just started um, like working with children. But yeah, when people ask that question, I really have to think about <laughs> like it's actually been quite, quite a while. Yeah. So is this the only profession that you've ever done like after schooling? Um, yes, like a brief moment in like retail, like after school job, weekend work was I worked in um, John Lewis, which is like a department store in the UK, which I did that for a few years. And then after that, it's been all childcare, all childcare based. <laughs> You're called, it was purpose. Um, I don't know if it was purpose because I kind of like I wanted to be like a lawyer when I grew up. Um, hmm probably because I watched Legally Blonde and I was like <laughs> classic I want to be a lawyer this looks so cool and I did I studied it in school and there's a lot of reading there's a lot of reading a lot of and it's not like that exciting so then I was like scrap that idea um so then I was wasn't quite sure on what I wanted to do exactly um but I'm the oldest of four so I did have a lot of like my mum like helped me with like helped me with my younger brothers, and then she basically was like Latoya's free, she can watch <laughs> your children for you. Right. Um, like do you mind like watching like so and so's? We're gonna go out, and then it was like okay, this is this is cool, this is not bad, this is fun. Um, so mum has a big part to play in like how I got into childcare. She basically she just was like your agency, huh? Yeah, she literally was just like. <laughs> Oh yeah, Latoya, Latoya can <laughs> She's literally free. Uh, and once I was like, okay, this is actually not bad. Um, I started working in a nursery and then it kind of went, went from there. And then I really like, after a few nurseries, I got like really into it and then it was my passion, but it wasn't like naturally, like this is what I wanted to do. Okay. I like to hear that. I like to hear that you went to school for law and were like, eh. I actually work for attorneys and they work so hard still to this day you know I couldn't imagine um doing that professionally um 
but um okay so you mentioned your mom and you being the oldest sibling so what was your childhood like what did childcare look for you guys look like for you guys um were you guys going to daycare uh while your parents worked or how did that work for y'all um so yes i'm oldest of four so at the beginning my my mum is from like the Midlands, so like two hours away from London, where she moved to. So at the beginning, childcare, like I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. So she would leave me with them while she went and studied to do all her work. And so my grandparents was a huge part of my early childhood, um, which was like the best because grandparents, like grandparents are like <laughs> the best people. <laughs> like all goes when you are hanging out with your grandparents. Um, but as we got older. Um, and we basically settled into school. We had a childminder who would take us to school and pick us up from school. My mum is a midwife, so she basically works like at, at the time, like twelve-hour oh, wow. shifts. Yeah, so that's so dope. <laughs> um, so she would drop us off like early in the morning. She would go to the hospital. So we had a childminder, and she was great, um, and that was really cool. And even then, like I was like. That was seeing her what she does as a childminder I wasn't like oh this is something I can do uh, but then as I got older and your parents give you more responsibilities it's like well you can take your brothers to school um, and then you can pick them up and like wait basically take them home until my dad would come home first um, your parents basically come back so then I had a lot of responsibility with my younger brothers and then like I cooked quite early on because like they're like just parents are just like oh you're just helping like helping us so it's like oh i teach you how to make a few basic meals so that you can come home give everyone a snack or you can start a dinner and then like a parent would come and like take over um so yeah so i had a childminder at the beginning and then basically it was me being big sister <laughs> wow so a childminder is essentially like the equivalent of a babysitter right um childminder is um, they work from home, so the children go to their house. Oh, okay. In England, and like then, a home daycare. Yeah, home daycare, and then the babysitter nannies. We go to the child's house. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a good distinction to know. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard that term before. Um, okay, so your first nursery experience. What was that like? And what were the requirements to? Uh, teach in that environment as in me working in a nursery yes for my first one um, I was so I signed up to an agency to get experience and see what nursery was like if I, if I fully committed to like getting a job so at the time I just needed what did I need I think I just needed like my GCSEs like whatever qualifications, qualifications I had out of school. Um, because I told them that I didn't study childcare in school. I studied like law and whatever else I did. So working with agency, they said that they just put me in as like agency staff. Um, so it wasn't much at the beginning of what requirements I needed, which looking back is quite problematic. Um, and then once I did that for a few months, and I realized this is what I wanted to do. I found myself like a permanent position in a nursery. 
and then through them I studied childcare and studied like child development and got qualifications um so I worked and studied in my first permanent job um so yeah so at the beginning I guess I just found a very lucky I was very lucky in the chance that a nursery took me on with nothing <laughs> um and then basically I, I got to work my way way up with them okay yeah I so I was talking to um a nanny called Madison from Australia and she was telling me how they have you know all these requirements to work in childcare centers and I was telling her we don't really have those here either um so a lot of times here you can work for a temp agency and get a job at a daycare center um especially if you already have like a post-secondary degree they're like sure go for it um but it did turn out to be problematic kind of like you said because you have this mix of people who are all trying to lead and teach and um but it's good that y'all did the continuing education because we didn't really have that we did the NACI requirements which was just like um we would do like online classes for a few hours uh but i did not survive long in a daycare because it just felt unregulated um in a lot of ways here so i wonder what are the costs of a daycare center um over where you are like if you if if a parent had one child maybe a baby maybe a toddler what sort of costs is that monthly so currently we have this big um childcare campaign slash debate like talks with the government because childcare is so expensive um many mums and parents basically say they're better off just staying at home looking after their child than taking them to send them to nursery because it basically is like one parent's salary um so i think the last time i was talking to somebody um Childcare depending on like the how many days you go um, and like hours. So if you like five days, like full time nursery could range from like nine hundred to like one thousand five hundred a month, and sometimes like that doesn't include like nappies and wipes and food. You have to like extra of those things. Um, so it's quite expensive. At them at this moment in time, um, they do have, they had this the government scheme where they basically offered like two to three year olds like thirty hours like free childcare, but nurseries are like it doesn't cover enough like like workers' wages and the, like their like overall cost of a building and like food etc. So not many nurseries take it on because it it leaves them out of pocket as well um so we're currently suffer a lot of parents are suffering because it's very, very expensive um the yeah, childcare sector is not doing very well currently over here <laughs> hmm. and is that is that like a new development or has it always been kind of structured that way it's always it's it's a, unfortunately it's one of the sectors that don't get much funding from the government um so it's kind of been struggling a long time like when I worked in nursery and I, I think I've worked in probably about five nurseries before I fully left 
um, they would have like permanent members of staff and then there would be obviously agency staff that would come in and agency staff don't have like basically any responsibilities they're just there for ratios so that you can have like a certain amount of children in a classroom so the permanent members of staff are the ones that are doing all the work which means they're like stressed and tired and like get frustrated with certain things which then people leave which then leaves like nurseries like understaffed and it's like this constant cycle um and then parents come in and obviously have their own issues but like are like oh you're not given like the best care or so and so came home with like someone's wrong clothing or really dirty or like different things but being on a nursery worker side it's a very it's a very hard job when you don't have much backing and support from like a government for instance like a lot of nurseries are private so they kind of can set their own rules of they like we have Ofsted which you have like certain regulations that you have to follow but most nurseries basically set their own standards of whatever they want so they give you like a lot of like you've got to do this you've got to do this you've got to do this and eventually nursery workers just like it's too much and then you don't get like the best child carer because everyone's just like tired or stressed and then I've left and become a nanny and I basically hear like I've been out of nurseries for seven years and you hear the same stories like it's the same thing that happens the government are trying to help they don't really help people are tired parents are complaining and it's just like this like cycle so unfortunately it's not something that's I don't know if it's ever going to change it's just this kind of thing that keeps yeah. happening that's tough because then does that make more parents prefer to have like a nanny a private caregiver because of the hassle that daycare can be along with the cost or is it still the preferred like or the most accessible method of childcare? before covid it definitely was the most accessible i think yeah we went to nursery you didn't um or parents stayed at home or there was childminders like childminders is also a very big thing because you get like the nursery feel but that's but on a smaller intimate um like setting but after covid i've definitely noticed more parents would prefer to have a nanny um because i guess like nannies are just more flexible with how a family want certain things and timings now there's definitely like a demand for nannies and nurseries unfortunately like nurseries are closing down because parents can't afford to go and then they don't have like money to run a nursery so lots of nurses are closing down and the ones that are open are just not doing like very well the parents are definitely on the going for the nanny side of things just from what i've seen and, and who i've spoken to yeah, I feel like a similar thing is happening over here, except the families who decide that they want to go the nanny route still want to pay the daycare price and still want, um, you know, like curriculum and organized activity, like a very specific, basically a teacher at home. Yeah. Um, and so we're running into a lot of issues where we have to sort of re-educate the general population <laughs> on you know what a nanny is what a nanny requires um so when you left uh the daycare uh setting first of all what was 
was there a catalyst other than not being happy in the daycare and how was your first year as a nanny um by this point i think in this last the last nursery that i was in i was generally getting tired and bored of I guess it's like the same it's like the same thing in a nursery like obviously you have to stick to a curriculum you stick to a certain routine and then just the fact that management weren't also supportive in like what was needed of you so like what before I left I definitely had like well like 15 key children that I had to like care not like care for in the sense of like writing like, observations planning speaking to parents um, because there was only like two main members of staff and the rest were like bank staff or agency for instance and that's like a lot of work and you're expected to be like you know do all these things in a certain time frame like child like I don't know. So there's some jobs that you should take work home but like childcare is like not one of them but you're definitely taking like things home with you to like sort out because you don't have enough time in the day to do it and I think I was just getting a bit like oh I, I can't do this for a few more years like I don't see myself still being here so I was just thinking of what else can I do that still works with children um but, but just not in a, a nursery s- school setting so I kind of did some research and I, I went to I wanted to basically left to study um and I basically did a placement in a hospital with like sick children for two years, um, which was an experience and one that's not for me. Like there are amazing people like nurses and like practitioners that work in like hospital settings with sick children that do amazing jobs. But for me, it's just way too emotional. Um, and yeah, I'm not built that. Like I, I take a lot of like, I guess things home with me and like seeing like sick children or knowing possibly that you can go to work like the next time and they not be there um it was quite an quite an emotional burden that it's not something I could do like every day so then I worked in a card shop for about I think it was like six weeks while I figured out like what I was going to do and my friend basically was like she knows a mum who was looking for a nanny and it worked with like my study schedule at the time was like would you be interested in being a nanny and I was like yeah sure like anything could be better than working in the card shop and I said I spoke to the mum we got on really well met the baby it was great and then basically accepted the job and worked with them part-time initially but the first year of that was just like and that's a fresh of breath. What's the word? Fresh of breath. What's the word? Breath. Of that's fresh the. Air. <laughs> <laughs> of just of like enjoying working with children, but not having like all the pressure that I had like when I was in nursery, and still like providing uh, like an activity based schedule for like their development. Um, like going out and like seeing different things that um, like you wouldn't do in a nursery because you, you don't have like you don't have to leave premises like everything was on site and just being able to do all of that thing all of those things and be happy I was like 
I don't know why I didn't do this before. Um, <laughs> so my first year was like basically an, an eye opener, and I don't know. I just, I just as much as like like timings are like you do things at the right time for your life, but I was like I wish I did this a little bit sooner. But I'm glad that I was in I guess the right mind frame to be like really appreciate like starting like my nanny career as I would say like at that point because I, I was definitely ready for it yeah I think the best nannies are former teachers hands down y'all are the best <laughs> nannies that we have in this industry because for those of us who didn't start off in a, in a classroom setting I think we don't have the same or we don't always have the same appreciation for the freedom that nanny life gives you mm. a lot of times we we focus on some of the challenges of nanny life like being your own hr and all that stuff but former teachers that get liberated to be nannies like it's <laughs> i feel like you have the perfect balance i'd I love to hear that um because I went to a child care center for six months and it didn't work. It didn't work. It wasn't for me. It was very difficult. Um, so yeah. So, okay. So, you know, I have to ask you about nanny culture in general over there because you guys have Norland <laughs> and I just want to know, is that just like a Walt Disney, like a very few people do it and it's like this magical thing, but it's not the norm like who goes who attends norland college what sort of nanny is going to norland okay so i didn't know about norland until i was like i say officially a nanny um and i think i was doing just some research about like nannies and what we do and like if there's anything like different qualifications that like i might need as a nanny and i basically saw this norland college situation and it's definitely a uh, how best to say this like a white person thing um like i feel like they grew up and knew basically what norland nanny college was like um and it's it's like it's kind of for the, I don't, I don't want to say for the elite, it's, I mean, like, if now, if someone's like, oh, I've got a Norland nanny, it's like, it's kind of like a status thing because, like, it's like this prestigious thick school that white people go to. There's like a few, like, I think I've only met one black Norland nanny um, in the time that I've been nannying, and everyone else is basically just white. But like the royal family, basically, like their nannies for their children are like Norland nannies. Like the prime minister, the head kids, it's like Norland nannies. Um, but it's like no real different. Like they get the same, ed like childcare education, and then there's a bit extra. Like I think I spoke to someone who basically, they, like at Norland, they do like self defense classes, or like you have. Um, like the extreme driving test so that like, you can like get away right, in a, I saw that. in a situation <laughs> which i guess like a standard childcare degree doesn't teach you that and if you wanted something you'd do in your own time not like through a school um so they have like a lot of practical 
scenario-based things if you work in those industries that the parents are public figures so you need to know how to like i guess like deal with paparazzi or how to get away be discreet type of situation um but yeah it's not like no one gets up in like my circle gets up and it's like i'm going to be a norland nanny i'm going to go because they only like there's only one college you've got to go to like bath where the area is to do it um so yeah so like in my circle it's not a thing that we've all just like heard of it's just like oh there's a whole college of nannies that do this thing for three years um for a particular type of group of people yeah it's always interesting seeing their um because i follow i feel like a lot of northern nannies when they first start they'll start like a nanny instagram and <laughs> yeah. sort of try to talk about their experiences and it always just goes dark at some point and then you never get the ending but i saw some of those like driving trainings and i was like this is extreme <laughs> what is happening but it makes sense that you say that they typically work with public figures super high profile um and so that would be relevant training because i don't know how to get away with my kids in my car like I... <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's not one of those like everyday scenarios that i guess that we would pop up on um for instance yeah so it's definitely for a certain a certain side of life yeah so you said mostly white nannies go there <laughs> yeah like i've only met one like like i've there's a few people that i like i've seen like on instagram as well that they're, they're all white um and like even when like, you go on like the norland like website it's they're all white so i don't know if black people have like heard about it or they've just because it's also very like traditional in the sense of like they have a uniform they wear gloves it's like it's very mary poppins style so i don't know if, if that's like i don't know, intimidating for some black people it's like i don't know if like, that's not like us that's not our our i guess like culture and certain sense of like this whiteness for me it looks too much like you know black women in the south in here in america uh maybe 50 years ago <laughs> you know working for families and wearing similar uniforms they would typically wear white mm -hmm. but you know the little hat and the scrubs or whatever um so yeah that's interesting <laughs> yeah yeah there's a, a, a definite element of <laughs> i don't know is it class um yeah. with that yeah so do you find because Okay, so we're, we're just going to talk about the race thing because, you know, here in America, we have undertones, we have history, we have some challenges sometimes. Um, being a black nanny of white children in white spaces can, can mean some things. Um, do you guys have similar experiences over there? Or is it just, like when you're out with the kids, do you have like adults who will talk to the kids but won't engage you? Like, do you have... Um, sort of those uncomfortable situations where it's like why are you here oh like you're the help or is or because i've heard that in that british people are so much more uh tactful <laughs> you know and and chill with it uh whereas over here we we get the very overt whatever but um can you speak a little bit to that experience i'm gonna say it's definitely um like the 
British have a way of like observing, watching, trying to figure out, and then they will ask certain questions to be like, oh, okay. Because like I, I'm, mm-hmm. so I've got my current family is a white family. My past family was a white family, and normally it's just like people look at you, and I like 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 black woman with white child like what's happening here and then depending on like where you are they're like oh you've got such a cute baby and it's like thanks obviously not mine um and then some people will have like small talk and basically try and figure out like are you the mum? like have you adopted basically a white baby or are you looking after them but they just ask like like they just ask questions um and try and figure out no one like outwardly like what are you doing with a white child um I don't think I've had an experience where they like talk to the baby and then like don't engage with me. Like they very much, I guess they're like curious, like <laughs> how do you find yourself like here? <laughs> but I guess I'm of course I'm fortunate. I guess the area I'm I'm working in is like London, which is quite a diverse place. Like there's like lots of races and nationalities and backgrounds here. So I think. It's kind of just common that you're going to see white children with different coloured people. Um, so yeah, and they're definitely like, if they are talking about it or side eyeing you, it's like undercover. It's not like to your face. Mm. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I've never really, yeah. A lot of people generally just ask like, oh, like how old the baby is and they're like you know they're trying to work out like my birthing experience and like I'm the nanny and they're like oh okay oh okay and that's so cool <laughs> and then just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that's that and it's like oh he's got such pretty eyes that from you or the dad I'm like his parents <laughs> not mine <laughs> and they like so clever they do things like that so it's quite funny it's like quite comical sometimes um yeah but then that's the like, I guess the British way they they wouldn't like outwardly say it to your face, for instance. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's yeah. That that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks fully. So let me ask you about your nanny approach. Um, I think a lot of us have you know our unique style. Some of us pull from different child rearing philosophies and upbringings or educational styles what would you say what kind of nanny do you feel like you are i don't know if i don't have like a a label for a style but I, i'm i'm guessing like mainly just child-led um like having worked in a nursery having worked in some schools and now being a nanny i very much try my best to do the best for the child so like I'm not going to push a situation on a child knowing they're uncomfortable or can't do certain things just because it's what everyone else is doing. Like I've worked in nursery where the curriculum is like everyone's doing this and there's like a few children that are struggling because they're not yet there but there's no alternative so they're like sit out or you, they, they don't engage and then they're like act out and you before working in a nursery it's like oh so-and-so's being naughty or so-and-so's they're like xyz and now being a nanny it's like maybe because they weren't ready for it and there was no other option 
so I try my very best to follow the cues of the child um obviously it's like you do things with encouragement and there's like try and error and you can like try this and if it doesn't work it's like how can I adapt it so that the next time you do it they're like better suited for it like I'm not gonna like force a child to do like certain things and I find myself a lot I guess like how would I feel in this situation if I was them um so I try to like explain to our parents a lot of the time like uh, random example like sharing is a thing that's going around at the moment like parents are always like or adults oh share your toys with xyz or give it to so-and-so because you're doing it but if a child's like literally in the middle of engaging or playing with a train set for instance and then someone else comes over and now you've been told to just give it up immediately and it's like it's one thing to say you can play together or like wait a moment when they're finished then you can have it because like adults if they're doing something and someone comes over to you it's like give that up now adults are going to tell you to go away or whatever so it's like you kind of have to put yourself in their shoes that you're not going to give things up immediately so why should a child do it and obviously like it's like a simple basic example but there's lots of scenarios where adults just assume and expect children to just stop (laughs) and just do but then you teach them to like say thank you say please like be respectful and then parents do like the opposite um just like we're going out now and the parents and adults know that we're going out in like 10 minutes the child is fully doing something else and it's like you've got to stop that we're going out child has a tantrum the parents like you've been so difficult it's like but did you give them warning did you give them like a heads up of like something's happening like we have to be like in their world or um and help them with like except understanding like how the world works but you also have to be like see it how they see it um there's also like another when parents like getting ready and like getting ready and it's they give like children like 10 commands and then children freeze because it's like which one do i do first it's like tidy up put my shoes on eat my breakfast get to the door put a bag on and then parents come back like you haven't done anything it's like that's a very overwhelming scenario for a child it's like let's start like make it easier and break it down um so i try basically to explain to parents and adults like as much as they're in this world that we we're all in we have to be in their space and like see it how they see it so i i don't know just a big fan like a support of the little people um and just like a child-led i like that i like that you I like the way you put it, like the, the things that we say and do to these little people. If, a, if another adult walked up to us and made these sorts of demands, um, we would be like, no, that's not, actually not going to work for me. Even if it's your partner, even if it's your adult parent, you know, like kids are people too. I feel like we forget that so often as a society. And you're so right. Like we have to learn how to 
bring them into you know the world the society but also understand like you said they're at a lower level <laughs> they need a little more time to process and we have to be more realistic i think that's wonderful yeah that's um yeah and just even myself like it's taken a few years to come out of like you've got to like unlearn and then relearn like different things and approaches and basically see what works for like everyone when you so when you were a child do you feel like you were seen and heard in the way that you try to see and hear the kids that you work with or was that part of your unlearning process um it's definitely like an unlearning process process uh i was very much a quiet child um mm. growing up it was more of like i just never wanted to be like get in trouble or like the like my parents <laughs> love them <laughs> but definitely <laughs> that's like a fear of like if i did something then like obviously like, like the consequences and like the so i was never like that child to like test certain boundaries it was the toys there the toys like the toys reading her book or she's like studying or she's you know she's quiet she's just in her place and then i guess when your parents like make sure you do like xyz so you grow up grow up like mum said i've got to do this i said i've got to do this and then you get to a certain age and then your parents are like why haven't you done <laughs> like whatever and it's like well i was allowed to do certain things or you like you know pushed for that so now i've got to like you know go out and try and be confident in this in this world and like like social situations up until a few years ago i'm just like i choose the label as shy like i'm a very shy person just because the whole like as a child seen but not heard like you don't obviously talk back to your parents or if there was an issue you don't deal with it outside the house you deal with it inside the house so like you just i'll go out in the world just being this very quiet person just like letting things go on by and then as you grow up and certain things happen and i learn new ex- like learn new experiences um and see different scenarios it's like oh actually i can like speak up in this instant and that that no one's going to be like no you can't do that or you're just being disrespectful or like if i if i want to try something new and i go to an event by myself I've got to be able to say hello. My name is Latoya, and like you know, meet people, not just like stand in the background because nothing's going to happen. Um, so knowing all of that and how I've done it, like I definitely try and make sure my the children that I look after, like it's not like adults say one thing and then children do another. Like it's like they get to it, like merge it together basically. Like they can go out and be confident. They should children should be able to speak up when they're feeling uncomfortable in a situation. Like. If we, if I was like being in a space where, like I didn't like it, it's just like shh, it's fine. Whereas mm-hmm. like children now should be able to speak up and be like, no, actually, I don't like this, mm-hmm. um, and be listened to. And so yeah, so so a lot of unlearning and relearning, and then trying to like implement it. <laughs> yeah, I actually so I reposted a video 
um, on Instagram the other day, or maybe it was yesterday, but it was a psychologist talking about how children should be disrespectful to their parents. And of course, it was clickbait. It was, you know, it was a buzzword mm -hmm. of disrespect. But um, I was having a conversation with another nanny about like, no, you shouldn't be disrespectful, like the actual definition of disrespectful to your parents. But there are a lot of parents, <laughs> my parents, um, who consider speaking to be disrespect. Like if, if they told you to do something and you speak instead of doing, that is considered disrespectful. Or, you know, if they want you to go and talk to an elder in the family or give them a hug and you refuse, that's considered disrespectful. And so what the man was saying was, if we don't empower our kids to speak up in this space where they're supposed to be comfortable to speak up and say how they're feeling and um, assert themselves, they're not going to be able to do it when they go out into the world. They're going to have to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. And you just, you just explain that so beautifully, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. And it's even like, I speak to my, my mom and my parents and adult and like I tell them that my nanny and what I do and I give them like examples of like, how you did something with me I'm not going to do that with little people now because it needs to be different um like you said like speaking up or just speaking is like disrespectful it's like parents would ask you a question <laughs> and then you'd answer and it's like don't talk back but you ask me mm -hmm. you, you've asked me something <laughs> right. and then you don't speak and it's like why are you not talking and it's like I don't know what to do because you're giving me do and don't in the same way and it's like I'll just mm -hmm. I'll just cry <laughs> <laughs> no there's a scene I feel like what is it um from the Cosby show or something but it was Felicia Rashad talking to um Tempest Bledsoe about she had like gone off snuck out or whatever but she so she was scolding her for leaving the house and all this stuff and she was like what were you thinking and so the daughter would respond and she'd be like I'm talking don't speak <laughs> you know and then it would get to the end and she would be like answer me and she was like I don't know <laughs> what to do like that's real life for some of us like many of us grew up that way it's like a whole thing <laughs> yeah so I'm definitely trying to like the experiences that I've had not be the same with like the people that I look after and it's like I don't want them growing up like this like she said I can do this no, they say I can't do this I don't know what I'm supposed to do and then like you get to a certain point in age when you like teens are like a pivotal point in life where you've got to, you're figuring yourself out you meet loads of new people and it's like who am I <laughs> like am I like my parents quite little daughter or am I like am I confident to go out and be like I love drama I did a lot of drama in school but not enough like I like like I wasn't confident to go like to do like drama school out of like the school setting because mm -hmm. I was like shy but it's like shy because I was like don't speak in certain situations and it's like I, I, I could speak but then it's just like I want them to be confident regardless of like the experiences that they've, they've had for instance yeah so what what helped you get to that point like did was it just inner work of like figuring out how you want to relate to these kids and then reflecting on your childhood or did you read something or like how did you get to this place I think um I think it's you know, just over time as I learned more about myself 
and I was also I guess changing myself of like how do I want to now like after mm, mid after I got to my mid 20s like I think I was like 28 I think 28 was like a big pivotal year of just like how am I going to continue life like am I going to be this person that I don't really like um like she's kind of out there but she's not out there and like I want to do stuff but I'm not sure if I should be able to do certain things or this person that like I dream of being like am I gonna make this happen and lots of work within myself and then I was like I guess I became happier and I did more things and I was like I'm loving my life at in this moment and I guess as that happened with myself it kind of just flowed into my work um and once I was I was confident to speak up and speak out like I was happy enough to like to go into like nursery or school or speaking to adults and parents about yes we can do it like this but we could also try it like this and not be scared that they might think like oh what do you know well I I actually know quite a bit (laughs) from like over the years of just working with children and working with practitioners um in lots of different environments um and yeah I guess when I talk and I talk to people in my field and like the nanny community like childcare community and they're like oh yeah you have like really good ideas or you have like really good thoughts and opinions and it's just like oh I do and it's just like oh yeah I do like stand in like stand in that I have it and I think when I had more self-confidence more confidence in myself I just became I don't know a different person and it just literally happened in the work that I do I love to see it <laughs> love 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 to see it that's that's dope so do you feel like <clears throat> nanny life is sustainable in the long term for you where you are um yes um like I've just started a new job I started in January with new family. Um, so I look after boys like seven months old, and the parents like want like loads more children, and like what I do with them. Like I've been like really, really, like really happy in like the last three months because I, I worked with my last family for like five years. So when we had to leave like part ways because they moved like very far away from where I am. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to find another family that's going to give me the same joy um, and how I'm going to like be with work. And then I did a few like temp roles <clears throat> for about six months. And I was like, oh no, I think my nannying like is over. Like I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> like I'm done with it. Like I can't, people that do like ad hoc nannying, temporary nannying, like I really put them up like hands together for them because that is like a brutal <laughs> a brutal process of like finding new families working like just as you settle in it's like moving on to the next one <clears throat> but I found like a really nice family like I'm finding I'm settled in so I feel like I'm good for like a good like a good three to four years um and because the demand again like it's so high like I feel I still got enough energy um in me <laughs> to keep doing this for a bit longer running around after small people um 
and just being like you know switched on and going with it <laughs> so it's, yeah it's definitely and I think in like there's a another campaign of like a nanny basically trying to make our profession more like recognize as like a, a real profession like it's a real profession to obviously us but people are like are still question like you're a babysitter or you just you just you just play all day and there's so much more to it so I think with this campaign that happened then I think more people recognize that like this is a real job for many people and yeah. like people can do it and make money from it and be happy and like live like a really good life being a nanny yeah I, I love to hear that so do you feel balanced like between work and home life you, you said you have a seven month old so you probably do but um do you guys do you feel like the work-life balance of a nanny in the UK is pretty solid or could it use some some tweaking no I think it's, it's balanced like for me it's balanced um but that's because I that's how I've boundaries like yes and no mm-hmm. to certain things um so yeah yeah it's i've got a nice work-life balance like off this weekend go do some fun things um hang out with some cool people and then like in two weekends like we, i'm going to go away with the family um um for like a trip so i've got like the best of both worlds but i also know like when to rest learning know when to rest um, and enjoy work. Like I don't bring, I don't need to bring work home. I can come back and enjoy my evenings and then go to work the next day. And be like, what adventure we're we gonna do today? <laughs> I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I'm so excited to talk to, you know, so many caregivers who are doing this professionally, doing it long term, and figuring out the balance <laughs> between it all because that really is, I think, a big key is finding your balance and finding your friends in the industry I feel like will really 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 take you far do you have Um, good balance okay so technically in a a technical sense yes I set a lot of boundaries uh, when COVID happened with work so I don't bring work home I don't babysit so I don't I, I leave at six every day like it would it Typically, my bosses won't even ask me unless it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll call my sister before they call me um, <laughs> for extra hours. So in that sense, I do feel it is very balanced. And I also have like a good bit of autonomy at work. Um, I was telling another nanny, you know, if I can't get my life together at home, if I haven't gotten my groceries or my car washed or whatever, whatever, I can find pockets of time to do that while on the clock. Um and I think that's a luxury that a lot of caregivers don't necessarily have. Um, but I am still finding the balance with adding this into the mix with, you know, podcasting and social media in addition to work, in addition to home life. So that part I'm working on. But as far as my like nine to five, it is nicely compartmentalized. And <laughs> and I'm very proud of that because it was not before COVID. It was not that way. I was doing a share and working for two families who are very busy (laughs) was a lot Mm -hmm. um so we're getting there (laughs) i think covid covid was a pivotal point for a lot of nannies uh or child carers or Mm -hmm. many people in general but like i think nannies really learn 
a lot in that time and made lots of like changes or about how they do like work and life <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah i understand yeah was there anything else you wanted to share with the people about your life as a nanny <clears throat> um well that i can that i can think of like i generally i i really love like my job like, i really love like the industry um i mean you know I think you know Nanny Sharda, you know Sharda? Mm-hmm. Um, like, she's like been amazing in trying to like really bring like the nanny communities like together um, over this side because in like America, like on social media, it, very, it, it looks very, um, you guys like really pally and like, it's <laughs> like, like a, a nice like <laughs> com- community. And yeah. before, where I used to work before, the area that I was in had that basic community and I've now moved area and basically find like a new community new nannies and it's not like it's not the same um it's like I guess it's, it's just subjective to like where you are but having like something like this like online nanny community like it really does make the difference like I think your post of nanny needs nanny needs nanny friends <laughs> because it's, it's very very important to have that to have people who understand your work that you can speak with and talk to because um, sometimes I speak to somebody that works like in tech they're like oh cool stuff and that, that, like they don't get right. they don't get it but having friends that understand like the demand and how demanding our job is um, like emotionally and physically mentally like all of them um, it's, it's really good to have like people like that so I love the yeah. I love the nanny community it's been it's been really yes. great to find like because of COVID like I found like the online community as well as like the local one but it's been really it's really been nice to connect with like so many more nannies I guess I I wouldn't have known while there same same I am an introvert I am I yeah <laughs> COVID did it for me but I'm so glad that we're all you know coming together and comparing notes and encouraging one another and you know pushing this industry forward i'm so proud of us i really really am yeah we're doing well we are doing very well <laughs> yeah well thank you so much friend for talking to me thank you for having about me your nanny life no i love talking to you you have such a a a balanced and calm spirit i like it thank you i like i could i could see how you're a really good caregiver for sure <laughs> thank you so much it's been lovely speaking to you Thank you. And thank you anyone who's listening for listening to another episode of A Nanny's Life podcast. Y'all know where to find me at this point. I'm at A Nanny's Life everywhere on the internet. Um, And I will put Latoya's information in the show notes. Um, Her IG is nanny, is it underscore Toto? Yes. Yes. Nanny underscore Toto. But I will put it in um the show notes so you guys can find her easily (laughs) and again thank you thank you thank you thank you i'm so i'm loving this series of talking to nannies in other places i'm so excited uh but yeah you guys make sure you take care of yourselves this week take care of yourself as well as you take care of others (laughs) uh and we'll talk to you again soon (laughs) 